to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of December 15th. I'm Joshua Syke. Just kidding. I'm D. Suave, Derek Kessinger, replacing the Michael Jordan, retiring, coming back, retiring, coming back. Joshua Joyner, who's left for bigger and better things, guys. He's going to hunt the front, going full-time there. And Todd, I mean, are you going to have to hire him for the third time here coming up or what? Well, we'll, we'll keep his seat warm at least, uh, just in case, you know. <laughs> Big shoes to fill for me, Robert. I'm going to try to have to replace Joshua during this podcast. Hopefully, I can step up to the plate. He's the one that kind of created this uh, show for you guys to do this weekly, and I've got to say it's been a great show. I'm honored to be on this. But, Robert, what are some keys and notes i got to do to be able to perform like Joshua? Wow, that's uh, – you know, you do have – what size shoe do you wear? 11 and a half. I don't know. Oh, well, you should be able to fill his shoes because he's not a big fella. Uh, but no, just uh, just uh, keep it fresh, keep it real, and uh, keep us heading in the right direction. Don't let uh, us backtrack. And uh, you got to watch Kovac because he tends to. I wish people could see me at home, but you know, I'm, I'm he, he tends to stretch. You gotta you gotta go faster with Kovacs, okay? Just keep keep an eye well, on Kovac. The last podcast I watched, Kovac was talking about Scott Bloomquist, and I think you dozed off a little bit because you came off with your note about Scott Bloomquist right after he did. So we got to be uh, paying attention at all time with Kovac, you know, saying things about Bloomquist because he can go on and on about the Hall of Famer. So we got to be ready for that. Yeah, I would imagine I can do that. I can go on and on about Bloomquist sometimes. But, I mean, look at Robert. Like, like he's like, he, like he's very brief all the time. Look at this guy, you know. But <laughs> he goes down the boondoggle road sometimes. Some of them boondoggle stories can be get, get quite long there. But – uh, all I know is, you know, where, you know, you know, you've been used to Tyler Herb as your partner, too, with your other podcast, Derek. So um, I don't know. If we can let's see if we can, like, hang with uh, we can be as uh, as engaging as uh, as Turbo uh, on this podcast with you. But you have more guys to deal with than just one. So but you have always have your hands full with Turbo because because he's a he's a character. Yeah, less beeps are going to be going on during this podcast. You got to scroll through a lot more with Turbo when he's uh, discussing things throughout the entire Dirt Late Model world, which last weekend was the annual PRI show in Indy. It was a great three days. Todd, you've been going for a long time. Other than that rules change, we'll get to that in a second. How quiet was PRI this year in Indy? It just seemed like there was less drivers. Obviously, there was less boosts, no Kaiser. Um, no FK Rodins. It just seemed like it was harder to find people as well. Yeah, and a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to compare it to the year some years ago. Now, now in Orlando, way back in the day, there were a few years before they moved back to Indy. Man, it was it was a ghost town, dirt late model wise. But uh, uh, there were certainly more, a lot more people than that. But it, but yeah, it seemed like, uh, of course, we had the break from COVID last year. But through the last five years, maybe. It seems like when you go through the halls there, you run into somebody every aisle or so. And this year, it seemed a little less like that. And also with the without the Kaiser and Integra booths and some of those others where uh, they became kind of hubs for drivers to hang around. Without those there, uh, I, I think people tend to be more spread out a little bit. So it was a little trickier to, to track people down. Yeah, and Robert, you were there as well just – scoping out mopping through the entire trade show the both big time rooms you could clearly tell and i heard somebody from the pri show saying they were down 30 percent boost throughout the entire show do you think part of that is because we're racing so much 
Or do you think is last year companies had COVID, they were still successful, they didn't have to bring a booth this year? Well, you know, first of all, Derek, I have to say that the entire PRI show is one big boondoggle. I mean, it is it, it is a boondoggle from aisle to aisle, you know. And and I feel like I, I kind of jinxed, you know, Todd accused me of jinxing him a little bit this year because I, I referred to him last week as, as very Terminator-esque, you know, where he was like, you know, he like like zoomed in on on a person, and and immediately as soon as they he didn't even need a name tag, right? He just saw their face, and he zoomed straight in on them, and he immediately knew their name, the series they ran, their offspring, the kind of chassis they have, uh, you know, who they're married to, uh, the uh, the motor they run, how many championships they have. He just knew that information automatically. And and I feel like Todd think I kind of jinxed him because it wasn't like that this year. He 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 ran into some people, and he's like, I don't know these people. And he came back in, and Todd was pulling his hair. Well, wait, okay, Todd came back in. He was frustrated, <laughs> and 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 you know, and he's like, I don't know what's going on out there. So uh, it was definitely different this year for sure. You know, you had you had uh, of course the COVID last year, and and from from what I gathered a lot of people like hey uh it's it's more of a social gathering now than it is kind of a networking deal why do i even need that why do i need to spend this kind of time socializing with all these people when i just saw them two weeks ago in in uh you know st louis or i just saw a week ago whatever in st louis and i just saw them the season just wrapped up and i just saw them so for a lot of people it's it's like well we didn't do it last year and and uh, I and my my business didn't fall off, so we kind of seen saw saw a, a, a little bit of both of the, those. You know, you know, one person says I don't need to go socialize with these people anymore. I can't get any work done with all the sticker grabbers, so I'm not going. And then the other person says, well, my business didn't fall off last year during COVID. In fact, it's better, so I'm not going. So I think it was a little bit of both uh, that we saw. You know, from from the show this year and. I really feel like moving forward, if there are going to be some changes to the show or anything, I'm not really 100% sure. But I really feel like moving forward, we're going to kind of get back to the way the show used to be. But it just wasn't that this year, for sure. Yeah, and it seemed like with so much racing going on as well, like you said, we had Gateway the week before. Sonoa had a race. There's going to be probably a race next week in you know, Kevin Kovacs' backyard. They're just going to do a RC race there and everybody will be there. But one of my favorite things about the trade show is you get there that Thursday morning, you get that fresh smell of the carpet. And then the time Friday hits and Saturday, you just have like that stinky BO, different type of thing. It's a lot of musk in there during PRI. So that's the one thing you'll never forget. But one guy who had fresh air the entire time while we're just grinding away in Indy was Kovac. I'm sure he got some news and notes anyway, but he was down on his uh, anniversary with his beautiful wife, Lori. How was, how, how is Florida, Kovac? You're still there. I mean, goodness gracious, we're freezing our butts off in Indy and you're having a great time in South Key West. Oh, it was, it was very nice. The weather was, uh, couldn't be better. Night, lower 80s, 70 at night. I mean, this is about the perfect time of year for, uh, for Key West. There's no, no doubt about that. Uh, 
didn't I was always when I'm down here. We always like hope to bump. You know, I'm like maybe I'll bump into some racing people. I didn't really that I knew that like you know that I had a racing shirt. I think I did see a rocket shirt when I was walking down the street. But there was one thing I did. I talked to this one guy down here from Maryland. Ends up he ended he ended up uh, telling me that in like the early nineties when he was a kid, he worked the pit gate at Cumberland Raceway, uh, you know, out in Maryland. So I think that's always funny when you have some like uh, racing connection there that pops up uh, uh, a little too early. I mean, because before I would have went there. So I don't think he put a wristband on my, on my arm, but, uh, but it was fun, but you know, obviously it was uh, keeping track of what you guys were doing. You had, you had the great stories, both uh, Robert and Todd about the, uh, you know, the, the big news items that did come out there and, uh, and and I kind of noticed it too. I was wondering, like that we had talked about it before, like what what kind of attendance would happen uh, at at the, uh, the PRI this year. And 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 like I can say, I mean, it's a big it's a big financial outlay for a lot of expenses for these companies, especially like the ones that have bring a lot of people to it. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's probably and it would be even more money this year. I mean, hotels are up. Everybody's like kind of making up for last year uh, with hotel prices. So. Uh, being everybody didn't do much last year. And, and so it would have been a more expensive trip uh, uh, for all these guys to go there. So I, it was, uh, I'm not surprised that, uh, that it would probably maybe a little bit down, but still seemed uh, like, uh, it seemed like if you definitely also, if you, if you liked going out and having fun and, and socializing, uh, it, it certainly people are still going. Cause I loved Todd's uh, one note, one in the blog, when he talked to one uh, vendor, <laughs> there and, and he gave him the whole breakdown by time of the whole weekend i thought that was awesome you know it's, it's basically you know uh, there wasn't much really stuff other than going on about like well where are we going to go out tonight where are we going to go out tomorrow night you know and and uh you know the people rolling in after rough nights the night before so i think todd that was the perfect explanation perfect breakdown of what the what the trade show usually is i think that's that's probably true for any business anywhere anybody that has trade shows i think that that's the way it usually goes kovac a you missed your boy t-mac getting his championship check the other night at lucas oil stadium last championship was clear back in the early 2000s and b you can't be FaceTiming me with Lori at two in the morning when I'm getting ready for a trade show on Saturday. You know, I'm trying to get some shut eye and I get a nice little FaceTime from you two celebrating your anniversary. Uh, just all jokes aside, it was great to, great to get that phone call, but it was uh, just pretty funny because I was just getting into bed after the Lucas Oil Banquet. I get a nice phone call from you and Lori. And to, and to make things clear, that was when we were walking uh, down the street, okay? And, and, uh, Lori was very impressed. <laughs> she was barely uh, a Derek there with his chest hairs popping out on his on his uh, shirtless uh, uh, shirtless chest under the cover. So I mean, it was we got you. you. But it wasn't like it was. I couldn't believe that Derek was in bed already. He usually is. He must be getting old. Thirty two. He must be getting up there. I guess doesn't hang out until the sun comes out. <laughs> that is very true. And uh, we'll get back to those. Serious business right now. Todd, probably one of the breaking news, if not the biggest news in the dirt late model world over the weekend, was the universal rule changes for the body types for the super late models. All the series guys got together by the WRG booth, and within 30 minutes, which, by the way, the room they are in, that photo you got is the tiniest-looking room I've ever seen before in my life. It looked like there were uh, Riverboat Casino uh, gamblers playing a little cards back in the Western days or something like that. But they got all together. They made these rule changes. Uh, kind of just go with the layman's term to the people at home, just kind of the different changes that we're going to be looking forward 
which I think is a good thing because Steve Francis told me that some race teams had three different bodies for each each late model to go race with different series. So he thinks it'll be better. We'll talk about the other side of things, but just give us the general rules of what's going to be changing coming up this season. Well, I'd say this meeting was the culmination of, and we've done reporting throughout the year about the World of Outlaws and Lucas Oil Tech guys uh, sharing time together at, at each other's racetracks and checking out how they did things and some of the rules that, which they were pretty close before, but I think they realized, you know, you, you need to iron this out. Uh, and as you said, Derek, uh, Steve specifically said that one one uh, car owner was complaining to him that uh, to fit the rules of World of Outlaws, Lucas Oil, and then maybe some other random series that it's as easiest to have three separate cars to do that. And that and that's getting away from what what's going to be a, a benefit to dirt late models where drivers can have one car and basically be equipped to run anywhere they want. Uh, so this meeting got together as a culmination of that. Um, and so Lucas Oil uh, folks, the World Outlaw folks, and then several other series, the Comp Cams, Dirt Car, uh, Southern All-Stars, Ultimate, several people were in the room who would also go along with these rules. And I would encourage you to check them out on, on Dirt on Dirt website to, to kind of read them some of the details of them. I'll go over them briefly here. Uh, and also the series, I think, will eventually come out with the more you know, obviously the rule books for next year, and there may be some changes with this stuff as they kind of get this worked out. But the idea was to get Lucas Oil and World of Outlaws specifically, those guys could have the same car and, and go to any race. And the biggest change would be the droop rule, which uh, if you've heard heard us talk about the last couple of years, Ray Cook instituted that in his series in 2018. And that's a, a technically a rear travel limiter uh, controlling the deck height of a car on on the track, and that's going to be 51 inches, uh, which is there's a few tweaks with that are a little different than some of the droop rules before, but that that will be universal among all these cars. The weight rule is going to be 2350. That's with driver after the race, except for feature races. You'll get a pound per lap burnoff for all features. Uh, they standardize the circumference of tires. Uh, and then the body skew is another thing. That's where the body rules come into this the most. So the body skew is, if you can kind of imagine looking at the top of a dirt late model, um, I guess what I compare it to is when I used to have those little slot cars and the body would go onto the slot car, if it was twisted a little bit, it, it wouldn't look right. The car would be tilted a little to the left. And that's really what bodies have kind of come to a little bit. Guys are trying to get a better aerodynamics. And so they kind of have the car twisted a little bit on the chassis so the body skew is uh, the rules that they set up for that are intended to keep those cars straighter on the car so you don't have that uh, kind of bend on the right side uh there are also there's some rules about decking and more to come in that next year probably uh they allowed blast plastic quarter panels only on the right side and uh and what wasn't included is important also is is a tire compound rule uh, you know, I think that's kind of the holy grail of dirt late model rules. Can we get, uh, can we literally have a super late model tire rule that would cover all the series? Well, that that can happen next year because obviously Hoosier would have to be prepared for that. However, they did put that on the docket as that that's what they want to happen in 2023. Uh, limited to no specific number, but it sounds to me like maybe three, a three or four compound tire rule. Uh, so that's what these unified rules were, those kind of six or seven things. 
uh, is what they came came together on. And of course, that's uh, and we'll talk about it here. There's a lot of a lot of reaction to that. Uh, a lot of people, anytime there's rules tweaks, they're going to be uh, upset by it. Uh, but generally, the mood in that room was that this is a good this is a good place to start and a good place to be for the whole sport. Uh, because what benefits one series benefits the other if drivers can be shared among those series more easily. And I think that's where where, where it really comes down to for, for why they made these decisions. Yeah, you alluded to it, Todd. When there's always a rule change or something crazy that happens in the dirt late model world, social media is buzzing. You have drivers or media guys or fans, they give their piece. And then obviously there's going to be somebody on the other side of the spectrum that's no matter what it is, they're going to give their uh, concerns on the topic. And but once you get going, just like the droop rule, once you get going or you're used to it, I think all the drivers and teams are going to settle in. Robert, you were there on the trade show floor as well, right when the breaking news happened, happened you were talking to some drivers and series directors. What's your initial thoughts on this whole thing? You know, I didn't – I think it's a, it's a good thing moving forward but uh like todd said anytime there's a rules change people um people kind of freak out you know at the at the beginning uh and there's there's some guys who have been very vocal on social media who really and that's their it's their right i guess to to be that way but I, i don't i think they need to relax right now i mean these guys are really they're all out here you know, running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And here in Lynchburg, you know, I've got real problems. I'm trying to figure out why my my damn clothes are wrinkled all the time. You know, every time I get them out of the, out of the dryer, uh, I don't under, understand. You know, at least with race car bodies, you have a, a sheet to go by and, and you have, you know, some directions to keep you on track. And I've Googled at least 10 times why my clothes are always wrinkled. And I keep getting stupid answers every single time. I don't know if I need a new dryer or what, and I don't know how to fix it uh, because my, my clothes used to not be wrinkled, and now they are. So so I've got serious problems here in Lynchburg because I don't iron. And these guys don't really have real problems if they think about it. They just need to relax. Uh, you know, it's not it's like it's like Chicken Little. We have a thousand Chicken Littles running around there, and the sky is falling. It's not true. You know, so I've just – People on social media really, really freak out, and social media gives people a, a, a really huge voice. Uh, I wish they would just just calm down. I, it's to me these rules, the body rules, or at least, are just a matter of of tweaking a T bar. If your body is not, if your body is so far off base right now that that you've got to completely scrap everything you've done for the last month and throw it away. And you've got really big, you do have big problems. That means your stuff wasn't even close to being legal. I mean, I saw a a post on um, social this morning. I don't know when it was actually posted, but from Wells Motorsports, you know, that had a Brandon Overton's car on there that had a measuring stuff that, that said, this is legal and this is legal. And it said their car is relatively is, legal for the most part i don't understand why people are freaking out you know everybody says arrows you know aerodynamics and and uh uh bodies are the easiest thing to fix bodies are the easiest and then so then when they make a rule about bodies people completely lose their minds 
So I don't, I don't really understand what the problem is. Uh, it is literally a little bit of a tweak here and a little bit of a tweak here. We're not, we're not going back to the way bodies looked like in 1989 with the really small, you know, bodies like the stars came out. You know, remember everybody remembers those stars, small body cars that we had in 89, 90, 91, that real small body cars. We're not going back to that by any means. So I think, you know, everybody should just take a deep breath, let the series get their rules together. Now, I do agree with some people that I do agree with some people that say, hey, anytime you institute a rule like this, give me three to six months or give me a lot of people want an entire year. I don't think anybody needs a year, but I think you should have three to six months to institute it. Give me a, a, a leeway because there are a lot of people who are prepared. And to me, it's not so much about. I mean, I must—I have a race car, and if there's somebody out there with a smaller budget than me, please text me, email me, whatever, because I'm—I'm curious. I have a small budget, okay. For me, it's not so much about the money as it is about the work, the effort, the time that you put in. Because crafting a body, crafting this stuff, to me, while it's also while it's one of the most rewarding things I do for for my stuff, you know, my team. It's also the one of the hardest things you do because you want to get it right. You want to be perfect, especially at the beginning of the year, you want to be perfect. So when you're crafting these things, it takes a lot of time and you don't want to have to go back and do it again. So to me, it's almost maybe these guys are furious about how much time they've put in as opposed to actually how many sheets of metal they've actually used because everybody knows sheets of metal are a whole lot cheaper than four shocks and springs so you know i really feel like they just need to to relax let the rules come out maybe some and somebody will have you know give them some leeway here or there and see what happens uh see what actually does transpire uh moving forward you know that's uh i just there's there's going to be uh um always going to be backlash when you have a rule change nobody's going to be behind it uh 100 you know the right away that's just the way we are yeah and this goes back to just racing too much when can you institute a new rule if all these racing series get together because you're racing 12 months out of the year but if i'm right todd i swore that steve francis said to me this isn't going to start until after speed week. So that basically is three months to get ready. That'll be March pretty much. Is that correct? What he said? Uh, they announced that it was going to start with the world of outlaws, January 20th, but uh, that may be, that may be a, a thing that they, that they change. I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll see how that goes, but, but there are a lot of other series that clearly they don't start racing until April or May or whatever. So it's going to, we are going to have a, a little time. And then I've also seen a lot of the other, um, series that weren't involved in this meeting kind of announcing like we're going to keep our stuff the same and, and i understand that right off the top but 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 i think eventually these these rules are not dramatic to me the droop is the biggest difference uh the body rules are relatively minor so i walked around with those guys friday morning um and and all the all the tech guys kind of looked at the cars that were on the show floor they measured them all. There was one car that needed more more than just a few little tweaks to get to get within these these uh, these new guidelines because these guidelines are very similar to what we had before. They're just going to be tightening up some things. 
Um, there's going to be a few few things here and there, but most of the things, and I heard Steve Francis talking about it, he would show us, hey, hey, they could fix this in like five minutes by doing this one thing or moving this or or whatever. So for the most part, I think maybe some people, like Robert said, maybe read this and they think, you know, they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. This isn't this isn't uh, for the most part dramatic things. Again, what I would what I would be most concerned about is the droop rule and more the teching of that because I know that's a little bit of an art to getting that uh, uh, to, to teching that correctly. And and we have uh, only the world of outlaws, Ray Cook, Spring and Southern Nationals, uh, and I guess Eldora's big races. They did the droop rule, so it'll be new for Lucas Oil. It'll be new for Comp Cams, MLRA, all these other series that have signed on to this. That to me, that's going to be the thing that's going to take. Uh, uh, maybe the maybe a little time to get that all dialed in, so those guys are all teching that exactly the same way. Uh, but yeah, I think the I think the body rule stuff is a little bit overblown. Uh, maybe we'll get some specifics here during the off season before uh, uh, that World Outlaws Open that, that changes it a little bit, or or that they can clarify how they're going to do this. But uh, but I agree. Overall, it's a good thing. You know. It, it, is everybody going to be happy about it? No, and that's what Schwally said. You know, he's he's certain he's certain that a lot of drivers will look at this and disagree with certain things. But for the big picture, for the whole sport, for all the cars, all the drivers, all the series to come together and have certain standards, uh, it's a positive, and uh, uh, we'll see how it, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see to start off the twenty twenty two season. And Kovac, you've been covering racing for a long time, and Steve Francis, in my interview, said this is the biggest industry-changing thing we've done in nearly 20 years. Do you agree with that uh, statement and comment by the Hall of Famer? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, yeah, you saw, like, went, like, like Todd had mentioned that we were doing some stories earlier uh, in the year. We mentioned about how uh, Kenny Canada was working with Steve Francis, uh, you know, for the World of Outlaws and, the, and Lucas to, to come together. Uh, with some things, they were actually going to each other's races to uh, hash out some um, ideas and, and and things and that have come part of that, that are part of this new agreement and and it was uh, it's hard to get all these other all these other series together too at one time and, and that's why uh, PRI is a good spot uh, even though there's not much of an off season it was the one spot where they can get together and and sort of. Uh, and talk without, uh, you know, getting on, you know, doing Zoom or or other stuff like that, and just talking on the phone. And uh, it, it, I, I, I always think it's a good thing when series or people are in the industry are working together. Uh, if everybody's going their own way and making it difficult for guys to go run here and there, and that, that's not a good thing. I mean, I, I think that tire rule they're talking about for 2023 would even be a great thing too. I mean, like That'd be it's, awesome. Yeah, I mean, every time, ever since they uh, left the open, I mean, I'm sort of sure people still like open tires. You know, you can run every compound you you want. Some people would get an advantage that way because they were so good with picking tires, and they could get those tires that were necessary to be uh, the perfect tire for a racetrack. But uh, it's it's man, I mean, if they would have had that tire this year, how about that tire rule this year would have been made a thing. Life probably would have been easier uh, with the the tire shortages and stuff. I mean, if they were just having the if Hoosier was just creating those, building those certain tires, uh, they probably could have gotten their uh, their uh, quantities up uh, better rather than having to build these for this track or this series or this or that, you know, this area. 
Um, so that's a, that'll be a good thing. I think too. everything, uh, get everybody on the same page. And, and I also do like the, I know like, like Robert said, like these guys, they go crazy when sometimes when they see these rule changes and it's not like this is like outlawing wide bore motors or, or outlawing shocks or, or anything like that. Or, uh, it, it is, it should be more, you know, a little bit simpler things to, to fix. And, and I, I also like that that they are kind of getting under control those the skewing of the bodies. I mean, I don't know, like when you look at some of these cars, I mean, they're look like somebody like just, you know, twisted them like in the, some, you know, the Hulk came and twisted these things the way they're getting. And, and I don't, I, I look at some of these modified, you know, the UMP type modifieds. And I mean, there's some of that are even there's They look more skewed than late models. And, and I don't think they look good. I'd rather not have a skewed, uh, car out there i like it i like it's a little more straight and maybe they can get that under control too now we know the national series they can handle the tech they got guys do that we'll like the regionals the summer nationals of the world the mlras of the world the southern nationals will those companies be able with tech be able to keep in line and be able to keep up with all this stuff that's always constantly changing kovac yeah that's a tough that is a tough call especially like a local tracks i mean how many uh, not every racetrack has the, the, there's only tech, you know, being a tech inspector in itself is sort of a, a job that uh, it's, it's a tough job. You're going to get yelled at by everybody in the pits probably at some point. And, um, and, and they're most tech guys are they're they're racers and there's not enough money to go around to pay probably tech guys, what they're, what they should be paid to, to, to want to take that abuse. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, for, for, uh, for making the calls, the officiating. So there's, I, I can't say that the pool of the best of, of super quality tech guys is, is probably, uh, I mean, full-time tech guys for sure. I mean, there's only a, a handful probably of full-time tech guys with just the big series. Uh, so more, all the other ones are guys that are just, they like racing. They, um, they have a technical knowledge and, and, and they do the job on, on the weekends or, at, or travel with a, a regional series. So, those guys, they probably, maybe those those national guys like Steve Francis, Kenny Canada, they they kind of take them under their wing, maybe do a little bit where they train them a little bit to, to make sure everybody uh, it will be teching the right way. And, and that's going to be up to, to those local tracks and and in uh, and, and regional series to to take the bull by the horns and do it. Because I know, I mean, of course, if any, any, all these racers, if they know that there's a series or a track that like, well, we could get away with this, they're going to. They're going to zero in on that if they know that the tech isn't as stringent as other places. So uh, hopefully everybody is able to uh, do, do good teching all over to make this work. Yeah, one of the funniest quotes I got from the whole thing was Tyler Herb, which I don't even know if he believes this. He just likes to stir some controversy. He said, we might as well just get our bodies from Hendrick Motorsports and just put them on there for here on out. But he kind of has a point jokingly, Robert, you're in the racing part of this whole thing with the car owner. If you find like part of this from racing is to find the gray area. I know we're reeling it back in or restart, maybe reset, but when a driver finds something, the whole late model world is looking at this and saying, what is this guy doing? That's different than us. What is he cheating? What is he manipulating? That's part of the sport of dirt late model racing. I know that we're kind of restarting, but somebody's going to find a way to get by this. Well, First of all, you know, here's two scenarios that are completely at opposite end of the spectrum. All right. It's a Saturday night and you're at a regional race where 
uh, they just happen to, to really kind of be hitting a home run and they've got 45 to 50 race cars. And these are the rules, right? And these are the rules that are in place. And it's busy. This race is also being streamed. So you have people at every corner basically nipping at you, yelling at you to hurry up. But yet you've got to get all these cars through tech. Our, our, and I'm not saying it's a regional series specifically. I'm not saying a specific regional series, but is that, is that tech guy going to really be able to go and look at every single thing on all 45, 50 of those cars to get things through in a timely fashion? Or are we going to be there till midnight, you know, making sure that, that who knows? So that's, that's one thing to look at, you know, that we're, things might slip through the cracks. The other end of the spectrum, you're at a weekly show where they have adapted these, adopted these rules. And that's a good thing because they're trying to conform and, and want to make sure that their drivers are on the same page as everybody else moving forward. But it's a Saturday night and we're in the heat of summer. It's, it's June and it's hot and they've got seven cars in the pit area. Are they going to really go and like, check these seven cars and take a chance on tossing somebody out. They only have seven freaking cars, you know? So you have two scenarios where, where people, things can slip through the cracks, but by season's end, we already have body rules in place that aren't, believe it or not, that don't get teched. And I get blasted and this is the funny part i get blasted all the time when i'm like i wish they'd check this body rule i wish they'd check this body rule it drives me crazy when it doesn't get checked and then i hear people major players in the industry come come at me and say well the body is the you know that's the cheapest thing why are you worried why are you worried about the body rule well if it's the cheapest thing and why am i worried about it then why are all these people worried about it now it goes both ways. You can't have it both ways. You can't be worried about it, not be worried about it. Okay. Because, and I'm going to throw out, and this is a very simple thing that was outlawed in 19, I don't know, the nineties, maybe when they went around the first thing time around was, and this is thanks to GRT and Bill Fry, who Bill Fry had some of the best looking late models there were back then. But the right-hand side was specifically built to be concave, to be, to be dished out. And the rules specifically say no dishing on that right-hand side. But if you stand at the front of a dirt late model car today, I guarantee you eight out of ten are dished out. Mine is. And just like you said, if people are going to look for a gray area, and this is one area that's not being checked, Derek, they're not, they're not taking it. So I got tired of making my, my stuff flat to kind of go back and answer your question to begin with, sort of, I got tired of making my stuff flat. Everybody's dishing it. Nobody's checking it. So guess what? If it hadn't been for this new rule coming out, I was about to go make my new body the way Bill Fry used to make his in the nineties. I was actually going out to put an, an opposite bend in the top of it to even get more dish in it because, because nobody checks it. Nobody seems to care. So if they're going to create these rules, then they need to really, they need to tech them because people will, like you said, there are gray areas. And if they, if it doesn't get checked after time, people get fed up. 
people actually people who are following the rules get fed up of going to a racetrack and seeing people who aren't getting checked or are, are not following the rules week and week and week after week. So the next time they do something, guess what? That's that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna they're gonna go further. That's how this gets out of hand is by not getting checked. So you can't have a, all these rules are great. They're awesome if they get checked. But if they don't get checked, we're just we're wasting oxygen right now talking about it. You've got to you've got to check this stuff and, and keep it in or, or or else you'll have little guys like me that show up for six months out of the year and then when they do finally can afford to put a new body on a car. And keep in mind, all these people that complain about putting bodies on a car, they change bodies on their race cars like I change socks. You know, I mean, they, they, they're changing bodies all the time, you know. So so then you got a guy like me who might put one new body on a year. So after six months, he's sitting there looking at a car, and, and you're like, man, I'm so tired of the, not even checking that. So when I put my new body on, guess what? I'm going to be like that. And, and that's that's what winds up happening. That's how it gets it gets really out of control. It's just a snowball effect. So you'd like to see them please police it if you're going to have it. If you're not going to have the rule, I mean, if you're not going to police the rule, just just take the rule out. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, we could go on with this new rules change for days. We could probably bust this out into four or five episodes. Well, we'll just keep that in for another day. So, Todd, we'll do one more thing here. We'll go around the room and maybe something other than the rules that you saw at PRI or something in the horizon that caught your eye. Is there anything that you would like to discuss here in this final segment? Yeah, this is kind of a selfish thing for me, but you might have seen Dan Robinson, formerly of the Lucas Oil organization, is working with the XR Super Series. And, uh, and I stopped him at PRI to talk to him about his new role and uh, good for him uh, working in a new, in a new uh, position. He'll uh, largely be taking care of their new Super Series, that 25 race series. What I'm excited about, selfishly, you can imagine, and I think everybody kind of knows that uh, those are basically rival streaming services between Flow Racing and, and the XR Bunch. And uh, and we've been limited, uh, all you guys know, uh, maybe to some part about that we can well, how much we can cover of those races. Certainly no video, and I understand that. We've also been limited uh, basically on uh, access and photography and that type of thing. And I talked to Dan, and I and, and he, he promised to, to take a look at that and to make it work uh, where we can uh, provide better coverage of those races. Because we, we certainly, uh, us, uh, uh, us dirt reporters specifically, you know, we, we are covering all, all, we want to cover all the news and all the big races, and we don't want to, you know, and it makes it difficult to, for us if we're limited or if we can't have photos or something like that. And Dan understands that, and I'm I'm glad to see him in that role. He might be able to uh, uh, to kind of ease that a little bit. We can uh, provide a little better coverage of those races than we have before. But uh, congrats to Dan on his job, and I hope uh, hope it goes well for him. Yeah, Todd, I think you should be the leader of our Apache Nation for those discussions. Maybe, you know, keep certain other people out of that. But we appreciate that. But, uh, Kevin, anything catch your eye or anything on the horizon like I asked Todd? I know you weren't at PRI, but you probably got some good news and nuggets following the content all week long. Well, there was the coming out the story there that uh, Josh Richards will be back with the World of Outlaws uh, running Boom as Nation. a teammate to Boom Briggs. Boom Nation, for sure, you know. Uh, 
uh, boom, they, that announcement had come the week before that they were going to be together, but boom, uh, hadn't uh, come out and said where they would be running, they, uh, which national tour. And it kind of it seemed like they were going to be leaning towards the World of Outlaws. And, and that will be cool. I mean, that'll be a neat thing to have the four-time uh, World of Outlaws champion Josh Richards back and uh, running against four-time World of Outlaws champion Brandon Shepard. Um, who's driving Josh's old uh, for old old Rocket Chassis House Star team? So uh, that that will make a, a neat little dynamic on the series that really could use something. Uh, you know, you it could use a little a little uh, push like that. And uh, I, I thought that was pretty neat. One little little boom note. I thought this was pretty cool too. When I uh, uh, as, as an offshoot of them getting together, uh, when I did talk to him about the story, it was back last week uh, during the the. Uh, indoor race at St. Louis. I, I talked to him. Uh, he gave me the info that they were hooking up with. He was hooking up with Josh and, and he was coming to me straight from outside in the, the deserts outside of Las Vegas, which I thought was pretty cool. He was, he was, uh, wor he was working security for the mint 400 off-road race out there. And I'm like, wow, the heck did you end up out there? Boom. And, uh, his buddy, Steve Schnars, uh, from out in Arizona, at least from out there in Western PA originally, it was that was a cop out the, you know, it was always known boom in the Chubb Frank gang, and uh, and you know, uh, Schnarzy lives out there in, in uh, Arizona, and uh, he has like his own little private security uh, system. He's retired as a cop, and he brought boom out there. You get the guy that's going to be able to talk well to everyone. I think, you know, nobody's going to get, you know, there he's going to make everybody uh, stay in line without being nasty about it. Probably. Right. Right. Don't you, wouldn't you say so, uh, Derek? I mean, boom's not going to be a, he's not going to be a hard handed guy, but you're going to listen to him. Well, no kidding. You're going to listen to him with that cigarette <laughs> in his mouth, looking all grizzly yeah. and kind of looks, maybe he has a cowboy hat on. So he's in the Southwest and looking all country and yeah. Boom Briggs, you know, he's tickled to death to be, be providing a car for Josh Richards. I know him and Josh got hooked up a lot there this last season. And Josh even mentioned his big win at Bristol last year. You like to thank Boom Briggs because he got a test and tune it the month before at the other race there at Bristol in the March race. But Robert, anything catch your eye, buddy? Uh, absolutely, Derek. And, and what I'm going to, uh, what I got here is, is, it's the importance of of comfort at, at the PRI show, okay? And, and comfort is is, uh, is is paramount when you go to one of these big trade shows and you walk as far as we did. And for me, it's about uh, from from our you know room over there at, at the JW Marriott. It's about a a mile, I think, give give or take from from there over to the concourse of the Lucas Oil Stadium where the uh, the banquet is held. You know the Lucas Oil Series banquets usually held. So, you know, I learned the hard way in it's like 2018 or 2019 not to wear a sweater uh, to that thing. You know, at my wife's suggestion, I bought a new sweater to wear the banquet. And, you know, by the time I got over there, I was absolutely ringing with sweat. I mean, I was miserable all night long. And I've honestly never worn that sweater again. I never wanted to see it again. Uh, you know, when I was a thin man, you know, sometime back in the 90s, uh, I could pull off a sweater and still be pretty comfortable. Uh, in fact, I think Jamie, my wife, still accuses me of having uh, one of my sweaters from the 90s still in, in my drawer back here. Uh, but I cannot do that anymore. I think 1995 was about 40 pounds ago, so I just I can't do that. So you gotta you gotta stay comfortable at PRI. So you know, I also decided after the two, 2019 Lucas Oil Banquet, after walking so far over there, and after walking, you know. You, you got to keep in mind, we walk all day on Friday also. 
So we're walking around that floor all day on Friday, and then you walk a, a mile plus over to the Lucas Oil Banquet, you know, on Friday night. So I decided that I was going to wear comfortable shoes to the banquet this year. You see these, you know, all these former NFL players and stuff, and they're on TV commentating, wearing nice, comfy shoes with their dress clothes and stuff all the time. So I'm like, if it's good enough for ESPN, hey, it's good enough for me. So this weekend I wore, I took several pairs of my Vans. I have like 13 pairs of Vans. So I took like three or four pairs of Vans with me up to PRI and I wore my comfortable shoes with my dress slacks and stuff over to the banquet. So, you know, I was, I was comfy all night long there at the banquet. By the way, you looked really nice in your suit. Uh, and uh, you and Rigsby both looked dapper as always. Uh, in your suits. Thank you. Uh, so, I, you know, you know, no problem. So uh, I just wanted you to know that I did notice it. Anyway, so I was going for max comfort. All right. Now, with that in mind, I saw a girl at PRI wearing house shoes. That's taking it to the next level of comfort. And if she happens to be a listener, uh, she's got to accept my apology right now. But I'm not 100% sure if the PRI show is the place for some damn house shoes. You know, I say wear comfortable shoes, but that's that's going a bit far. And, you know, the along the same lines of comfort, a lot has changed since 2018. A lot has changed in the world, in the, in the, in the world since 2019 when we were at, at uh, PRI the last time. And one of the biggest changes, yoga pants. You know, PRI definitely proved that that it is a yoga pants world for good or bad, for blessing or curse, whatever, however you want to look at it, yoga pants. Now, I'm not suggesting that I'm going to show up in yoga pants next year, but I'm just saying yoga pants, and I'm just going to leave that, leave that right there. It's all about comfort at the PRI show. That might be the best one more thing I've ever heard. I love yoga pants as well, for better or for worse, like you said. My one more final thing is talk to Tyler Courtney Thursday at PRI, and he said he's actively looking for a dirt late model ride for the Dirt Million. Of course, he's the defending Kings Royal champion. He won the All-Stars this year. And at the Dyer's Top Rods party, met up with Mike Knuckles. Mike Knuckles said, hey, hook me up with Tyler Courtney. So I gave Tyler Courtney... Uh, Mike Knuckles' number. So hopefully we can just see TC in maybe a Warrior car next year at, you know, the Dirt Million, which would be pretty cool. I think a lot of other drivers, NASCAR drivers as well, maybe some other open-wheel guys are going to try to enter that race. I know a lot of the open-wheel guys are very jealous with how many big-paying purses us, uh, you know, late-model guys have coming up. So I'm very excited about that. So I thought that was pretty cool that maybe we have the cross-section of, genres of racing going to be joining each other for the dirt million. So hopefully Tyler Courtney can get a ride. Hopefully Mike Knuckles can get him in a warrior uh, car as well. But uh, guys, one quick thing, just give me a nice little uh, wet letter grade today. Did I do okay? Todd will go first, then Robert, then Kovac. We can do a letter grade. Just maybe need to improve on a few things. I'd say a solid B plus, but I want to give you a little room to grow. All right, perfect. I'll take a B plus. That's passing. Robert? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you. I, first of all, you have to keep in mind. I never give anyone an A plus because I don't think anyone is ever perfect at anything. So 
I'm going to go uh, A minus with this. So I agree with Todd. Maybe maybe some things that need to be tweaked. Uh, but uh, but keep in mind, you'll never make an A plus uh, as long as I'm grading you. I'm sorry. Perfect. All right, Kovac. I know. I know you'd probably give me the A plus, maybe a C minus. Who knows? I'm, I'm going to leave you a little bit of room here for improvement too. I'll just say A minus. But one of the things that will pull you up to an A plus possibly is if we bring you a reporter's notebook. In that you could put in your back pocket and you have a pen in your other pocket or, or multiple pens because we always have backup pens all the time. Well, we can't have, we can't be losing a pen and then not being able to write. So we have backup pens and we'll put that in your pocket and then you will take notes and then to become a dirt reporter 100% because you are, you're reporting, you're doing the video reporting, you're doing interviews. But we want, we're going to make you write a story. Maybe we'll have Derek write a story uh, of one of these things. So that way we can really bring them into the fold here, right? Is that what we need to do? What do you think, Todd? Yeah, it, it is dirt reporter. So, you know, you can just, if you can't beat them, join them, Derek. And that's us. <laughs> I know. You guys are, you guys are always a pleasure to work with. It kind of reminds me of like the big three at Miami, LeBron. Um, obviously there's four of us, LeBron, Bosch, and Wade. They kind of started sluggish, maybe six and five to start off the season, but they got their mojo together, got their morale together, and we combined to win an NBA championship. So I think it's going to be better moving forward. But I appreciate you guys asking me to join the show and as well hosting it. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Joshua because he was all about me, you know, taking his baby and letting me run with it. So it's a, a big time pleasure to run this show, but uh, cannot wait to join the rest of you guys the rest of the year and moving forward. We're going to have a great podcast moving forward.